This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. Got a special guest here today. One of the guests I've actually met in person on several occasions. This is not always the case with my guest. He's also Kansas City-based. We've hired his company on a number of occasions to help us look at the sewer lines, part of our due diligence. Please help me welcome our guest, Jamie Simmerly with Homestead Inspection Company. Jamie, how you doing, man? I'm doing just fine, Ferd. Well, good. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, good yeah, to have no you on the show here. Well, maybe tell us a little bit more about you and about your company, and we'll, we'll dive into today's topic. Well, our company is Homestead Inspections. Uh, we primarily deal with home inspections. Um, we've been operating for over 25 years, and uh, yeah, we do all your home inspection needs, termite, uh, regular home inspections, and sewer lines. Sounds good. What, I, what I've mm-hmm. hired you guys in the past to do is obviously the sewer line. So that's been yes. helpful. Uh, Jamie's got a really slick machine where he's got a, a camera with a long hose under it and he puts it in the manhole cover or puts it in the clean out and tells me there's a problem. And uh, sometimes we run into problems sometimes with the lines and then we run into problems, problems with the clog. And then sometimes there's no problem. Right. And recently we had to have you back at a park that there was a clog problem and we had snaked it out ourselves with our own little, uh, roto-rooter snake machine and some of the head of the snake fell off even because it was such a big jam so in this case we used you guys to help us uh get the city off our back because they were saying we've got a sanitary issue and like no no it's just a clog not a broken line they wanted to shut down the water to the whole park with cool. no notice um because there was a backed up line in one of the houses it was nasty we're like whoa, whoa, whoa let us let us tackle this and, and we had to get we just clean it out and then we had to get camera proof that it was fixed and you guys were able to help us do this. So great resource um, during due diligence and beyond. So maybe tell us a little bit about that process, what you guys do, what you look for. And then also I'd like to touch base on just the type of different type of materials. And, um, you know, we've got all the different sewer materials and how you can identify if there's a, a problem or not um, with, the, with the particular portion of the sewer line. All right. For the sewer surveys, uh, pretty much basically start off uh, the beginning of the day. I will go out and locate each clean out that is, uh, you know, uh, I go through with a map a little bit and mark out each trailer, the number and everything and each clean out. So I know exactly which clean out it is when I come back to the office and start writing all the reports. Uh, some of the uh, some of the sewer surveys tend to take anywhere between four to I'm going to say 12 hours to do, depending on how many cleanouts there are, uh, how long the line is and what uh, problems we do encounter. Um, so basically uh, what we do is we find those cleanouts, we uh, take our camera and we go down as far as uh, down through the line as possible as we can. Uh, this is because uh, we know we're not uh, going to get to an objective like the city main, because usually those are really far away from where, uh, you know, in the tra- uh, in trailer parks. So we try to go as far as we can. So we have the reduced number of cleanouts that we have to go down through and we can get you the most information. And we're not giving you double video on, uh, say, if there's three cleanouts on in a row with three trailers. 
then I'm not giving you the same three videos over pretty much. Right. And that's, I want to touch that real quick. Cause that's, that's important yeah. part of your deliverable is you, you give us a, a snapshot of some problems. You give us an actual video of the line that has the mm-hmm. linear amount of feet that you're not lucky. We're at 57.2 feet. I see dirt or I see broken pipe. And then you also tell me which direction you're facing and which trailer or port you're at. So you know, I'm at trailer number 14, I'm facing North. I faced an objection in five feet. There's a problem. The line's collapsed. It's full of dirt, things like that. Yes. So you, give, you give us the written report. That's a, a stamp. Of and you, you let us follow along too. I've been on site with you several times and oh yeah, stuck my head Absolutely. down there to, you know, get a, to get a better feel, especially, um, you know, if you've got some areas with have failure, I generally have, want to have a good feel for, okay, it's 25 feet from here. If I'm going to bring a home in that lot, I'm going to know, I got one park I have in Marshall. We, I know exactly where I was standing with you and we have a line. I've got 25 feet of Orangeburg I need to replace. It hasn't failed yet, so I haven't replaced it, but I know where it is, and I've got the money budgeted mm-hmm. for it, and I'm going to determine when I'm going to do it based on either failure or upgrading that lot to bring in a, a new home. But it's yeah. having that report is, is, is awesome. If I can also be on site, great. Sometimes we send you to travel different than when I'm there or, or our other team, but that, that works too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, definitely, and you said Orangeburg, and Orangeburg is definitely a nightmare. And you always want to make sure if you uh, make sure if you're buying a property, you want to make sure that Orangeburg is not present. And if so, you want to make sure, as you said, budgeting it in, uh, budgeting in it in for later repairs because it's definitely one of those materials that are definitely going to uh, need to be replaced at some point. Tell tell our audience, I know you and I both know, but for those that don't, tell us what Orangeburg sewer is and how you're able to identify it relative to clay or metal or PVC. So Orangeburg is a, uh, it's pretty much a fibrous wood pipe that has been pretty much compressed, kind of like cardboard. in, or you could actually say like fiberboard into a pipe material along with uh, it's uh, not even a resin. It's uh, it used kind of like tar, like uh, tar paper. It's pretty much tar paper that they put into the ground. So whenever uh, this pipe starts to deform and everything, because after a while uh, the, uh, the water will seep into that uh, fibrous wood material it will actually start to reshape the pipe. And, you know, I can honestly say it might be a root proof pipe because anytime I've actually seen it, any roots that are growing around it actually start to deform the pipe on the inside, but I haven't seen any root intrusion on the pipe. So they might've gotten that one correct back then. Uh, The pipe itself, uh, it it looks really black in nature, uh, especially if you see it uh, sticking out of the ground. If you see a pipe that's sticking out of the ground, And it looks like it might uh, like chip or kind of like delaminate off to the sides. That's most likely orange bird. So that that would be a good, good guide and understanding. Now, contrary to the name, orange bird is not orange. It is definitely like a a blackish type pipe. Orange is going to be clay typically. And then I know from looking at, looking at camera lines with you as well, the orange bird tends to kind of, peel off almost papery so that's how you can tell right in the inside it's like it's it's like it's a peeling cardboard box so exactly. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see that in clay or plastic and like that. so that was the kind of to me the dead giveaway like okay this is definitely not mm-hmm. in this example that we were together the owner said the park had pvc and we looked in 20 ports and it did most of the park but there were some yeah. portions that were still 
Orangeburg. And then Orangeburg typically will also, doesn't it kind of balloon? Cause it, I, we looked at a park in Iowa that we dropped a contract on where it was like flat and then it just ballooned down and then eventually caved out. And then the sewer didn't really flow properly. It creates more problems and you have it basically disintegrated and the shape of the earth was there from where the mm. pipe used to be, but that's obviously not structurally sound like actual pipe. Oh, actually, uh, yes. And it, when you're saying ballooned out, are you saying it expanded on the inside? It ex- it looked like it expanded, but I think it, uh-huh. part of that was it kind of sunk and then the sewer went down oh, and okay, it, gotcha. it kind of eroded away the dirt underneath it. So it created a unnatural, kind non-linear, of like a non-linear path. Yeah, kind of like a sinkhole yep. in the pipe. So, exactly and uh, which you what, don't really i haven't really seen in other materials yeah and that's the problem with orangeburg a lot of people don't even know it's there because it was installed so long ago so it's definitely you know if your park is you know somewhere around 25 30 years of age at least i would go ahead and get it checked just in case uh you know those materials uh yes they were made primarily in uh the 30s and into the 60s but Sometimes plumbers had those materials still, and we're still using them for quite a while because they weren't really (laughs) – they were taken off the market, but they weren't really told that they couldn't use them. So I I would definitely check for those. (laughs) No, that's that's definitely – in my opinion, that's the worst sewer line. What's the next next worst, in your opinion, that has the most problem? Well, it's a toss-up between cast iron and clay tile. And it depends on a lot of factors. Uh, you know, sometimes with uh, clay tile, especially depth, I did have a trailer park uh, at one point where they, the trailer park was running underneath each one of the trailers pretty much in a row. Now, I don't think any of the tenants really knew, but that's exactly where each driveway spot was, was right over, uh, right over the top of the sewer line with no supporting material on top of it, like concrete or anything else like that to take that pressure off of it. And whenever that happens, uh, clay tile comes in a variety of uh, sizes, uh, you know, like a four inch, six inch, but also in length. So two inch, well, I mean, uh, one foot, three foot, four foot, six foot sections. And when it's one foot sections, a lot of times whenever uh, you have increased pressure on top of that pipe, it ends up offsetting the pipes a lot. And that's where a lot of the water starts leaking out and washing away the supporting material or i.e. ground underneath the clay tile and can cause a lot of problems that way. Uh, Cast iron definitely uh, is another one for me. Cast iron, uh, the problems with it is corrosion, really. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, recently a lot of homes that have cast iron uh, drain lines all the way through them. And whenever they start to corrode, you know, it reduces the amount of pipe that the water can actually uh, flow into. So you could have a four inch pipe and it reduced down to two inches. That uh, corrosion and uh, that corrosion can also flake off of the pipe and cause like a delamination process where it just starts falling off the pipe and clogging up the line as well. And a lot of times whenever I see that delamination, I start, I have started to tell people, Hey, go ahead and get it. Um, it's uh, auger, uh, augered out and cleaned out because sometimes those delaminated spots reveal underneath uh, cracks in the cast iron line, and those can be a really big problem. And you can even have your can- you can even have it scoped. I I can even scope it and not be able to see those cracks because of the delamination off those off the cast iron lines. 
So it's one of those things. If if you don't have it properly cleaned out and uh, descaled, then you don't know what you're dealing with until it breaks or anything. Got it. I know I've had some of those problems before and I've just run new pipe, especially on supply lines. If you're going to have to. Oh yeah. Roto it out and then you're going to recamera it and see if it's going to work. Sometimes it's just easier to run a new supply line versus running a whole park is obviously very expensive. And then mm-hmm. tell talk a minute for a minute more about clay tile. Cause I know that part of the, when I look at parks, I look at one of the things on my site visit checklist is are there trees and yes. trees are great for shade. Mm-hmm. Trees are, trees are great for pretty, but they can, they cause problems with falling branches and they cause problems with sometimes falling on houses, but they also cause problems on your sewer lines in particular clay lines. So tell us why that is and, and where those failure points typically are. So the failure points with clay tile uh, with tree roots are actually the joints of the clay tile. And as I was saying earlier that the uh, sections of clay tile can vary from size from one foot to two foot to six foot. I, there are very <laughs> There are a lot of different sizes there. But in between those joints for the clay tile, they used to put uh, a kind of like a gasket seal. Those gasket seals are commonly made out of cork and uh, cork and man, I'm blanking on the other. Yeah, Yeah, rubber. Rubber, because you'll have instead of a, I've heard guys call them instead of a gasket, gasket, they call them like a coupler or a a fern co was the company used to make them. And, And that's been some of the challenges when the fern co it has a 30 year life. And if the clay line's 50 years, you got a bunch of pipes that are pushed up together with minimal coupler. Yes. And Fernco also makes a, you know, yeah, that coupler that goes over both pipes. Yeah. Um, but the gas, uh, the, on the inside, uh, I usually call them gaskets cause they're pretty much kind of like a sealant. So those after a while, they start to degrade and fall out at, because of uh, the materials that they were made with. They, uh, you know, especially if like the top of the line is not getting enough water or anything else like that, then yes, that that is just going to shrink up and fall out of those joining areas. Now, whenever that happens, trees, uh, trees and tree roots start to find out where that water is. So their roots are growing towards that water. And once it gets into those clay tile lines, it's you know, it's found a gold mine in there and it's going to grow down through there and grab all the nutrients that it can get. And those are going to cause really big, big problems with sewer lines. And once you have uh, tree roots and a clay tile line, there is almost no way to get rid of them. It has uh, almost no way to get rid of them. Uh, you can, uh, the only thing to do is maintain them. So you can have, you know, it augered out annually and make sure that the tree roots uh, stay small in size. And especially the one thing I, I tell people is, uh, you don't want them to grow thicker. When they grow thicker, they put more pressure on the sides of the uh, the clay tile, and those will cause cracks in the clay tile and then uh, make your clay tile unsturdy and pretty much collapse. That's right. Yeah, you can tell you're a sewer guy when you, you call the stuff inside the pipe nutrients because I don't refer to it as nutrients. But uh, yeah, I, I usually put waste matter in. Yeah, it's, it's moisture and trees like moisture. So that's right. Trees, oh, yeah, absolutely. Trees, trees, will find, trees will find a crack and they become a big problem. So that's where that's the downside on clay lines. Mm-hmm. In general, I feel like they can last you know a long time and do okay. Oh, but they if can. you got trees, it becomes a problem. And then you mentioned that there's not enough liquid the top half of the fern co or the, or the gasket can cause problems. Talk more about that. Cause I know I had another, I had a client that had a, a lagoon 
Mm-hmm. And the lagoon failed the inspection and the, the state inspector basically said it's not it's not getting enough food. Basically, the park had 50, 50 lots and only 10 had been occupied for a long time. So there wasn't enough people using the bathroom relative to the size of the pipe system and size of the lagoon system. And it, it was built for more. So it's a lot of times with oh, lagoons, we, we worry about overcapacity. But in this case, mm-hmm. it was undercapacity under capacity. and it was causing failures. Is that similar issue with the gasket? Well, with the gasket, uh, it depends on the size of the line. If it's a uh, four-inch line and you're only getting about a two-inch, uh, you know, a two-inch water level there, of course, it's not going to hit that top of the uh, top of the line. And yes, that's going to dry it out faster, and that's going to make it pretty much wash down the line. With uh, clay tile, it's it's one of those things. If anymore, it's to be expected that those gaskets are pretty much either gone or they are getting ready to be gone anymore because uh, clay tile, uh, it's not as commonly used as it once was. And anymore, they do have rubber gaskets that are inside, uh, that will stay inside of that line and actually stay for longer. But with the older clay tile, it was just, it just didn't work as well. Um, Yeah. And I, yeah. Uh, is there let's any... cover. Let's cover plastic too. Obviously. That's okay. Plastic PVC. One, right. Okay. Oh, I was going to say with the clay tile line. Also, uh, one of the fixes that you can do on, especially on certain uh, portions of the clay tile line, is have it uh, pretty much patched uh, to where it is a sabot uh, around uh, the inside of the pipe. So pretty much, uh, yeah, patching it that way with a resin and a uh, cloth material. What's the, what's the name of that process? I've, I haven't done that, but I'm familiar with it. I forgot the name of sleeving. Sleeving. Okay, got yep. it. I've seen people try to do that with Orangeburg as well. But the challenge of that in Orangeburg is when you have those balloons or those failure spots, mm-hmm. it's not it's not structurally sound enough to even do the sheathing as well. Well, and it's it's also a matter of space too, because once Orangeburg starts to fail, it really uh, it real the lines tighten really really. Uh, inside so if you don't have enough room to actually put a four inch pipe into a line that's been reduced down to two inches then yeah you're not going to be able to sleep it at all got it okay mm-hmm. i'm going to share yeah. my screen too Jane. Okay. i know you guys so I, want to, I want to look at some of these images you sent me to show the difference for people obviously those are you listen audio just use your imagination of what a sewer book <laughs> looks like in a trailer park so I've got four images here and I've got yeah. Jamie's shameless marketing here as well. There's this company <laughs> name, it's right. his phone number, all that stuff. Um, so show us this one here. Tell me, tell me what's going on here with previous repairs and how you can tell. Okay. That's a pre, uh, definitely a previous repair. Cause we're seeing clay tile on the, you know, you see the orange section right here. That is clay tile. And back behind it is a, a green PVC pipe. Now, if you look up in that corner to the left, you can see that there is a black mark there. That is what uh, a fernco. Uh, that's usually uh, a piece of rubber that's put around both sides of the pipe and actually secured with water hose clamp on each side. So I, I like this when we get the video. This is just a still image, but you can actually tell based on the color. You can tell what the material is, and then I'll mm-hmm. know. Okay, I've, from if we're at, if we're looking right now at ten feet from the port. And if it goes, it stays green for the next 80 feet. I know I've got 70 feet of new pipe 
an old yeah, 10, exactly. 10 feet, 10 feet old pipe. Cause obviously the, the PVC is going to be the newer material here. And then you can tell where the joints are. And I know you can, sometimes you can tell, and I know you have another image here. You can tell if the joint is loose based on you know daylight or even dirt coming in through there, things of that sort. Absolutely. So let's look at the second image. This is a, you say it's a tree root. How can you tell it's a tree root looking at this image? Cause it's pretty clogged. Yeah, it is definitely pretty clogged. Uh, I would say uh, the easiest way to tell if it's true, especially with uh, the area I'm able to go in through through the bottom right here, is that that material is not setting on the bottom of the pipe. Uh, the tree roots you can also tell because uh, also moving the camera helps a little bit. Uh, then you can actually see where the tree root intrusion comes uh, is coming from, and that's a, a dead giveaway to tell you if it's tree roots or if it's just a buildup. Um, yeah, and, and the video the videos are always helpful for that too because you can his his the head on his camera line it doesn't have like a, a sharp blade like some of the rotor rooter, but it but it can move around a little bit, and you as you as you approach and you can back up, you can show, and sometimes you just say I forget the term you use, but obstruction like obstruction that. 20 feet can't go past it. And then generally you can tell what it is versus if it's, you know, toilet paper, you, you, sometimes you can push through it with your camera or you can at least tell, okay, it appears to be just toilet paper. But sometimes you don't know under that, on the other side of that clog, is there, you know, a toy in the way or a bath towel, or is it just a, a thick chunk of toilet paper where, so what we do sometimes you get a guy with the snake there and he snakes it out and then you go back in with the camera and you can tell if it was a bigger issue or just a toilet clog. Oh, absolutely. And it's definitely different, especially when you're uh, using a camera through there to be able to see uh, the different areas with, uh, you know, different areas and different obstructions. And also, you know, and I try to definitely, you know, when I find a buildup, I try to definitely get past it. But the one thing I also want to take care of is the equipment that we're using and everything. So I don't try to, for, you know, majorly force it past there. Because what it can do is break the seals on the camera and then it can flood the camera. And then I, you know, I, I'd have to stop the job at that point. <laughs> you get in trouble for that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty All much. right. <laughs> let's look at this. Let's look at this next photo, low areas, what that means and why, why you would flag that. Uh, the reason why I would flag it is because it's water setting in the pipe and with water setting in the pipe, it just means there's more weight on that pipe. And if it's already a low area, then you know, the pipe is already sagging down to that point. Uh, and usually, uh, you know, that can be a couple different uh, reasons why that's happening. It could be, uh, you know, the earth has settled since the pipe is installed. Um, it could also uh, be that, uh, you know, if, and I've seen this in rural areas a lot where people drive over the sewers and then that will create a, uh, a low area and, I, I've seen a PVC pipe where it was a 20 foot run of PVC and right in the middle of it, there was one low area. And that was just because they ran, uh, ran it over with a, with a car. So those low areas can build up a lot of waste in the pipe as well. And they can also start to, uh, once you see a low area, that means all your water and your waste is slowing down at that point. And it's not uh, getting as fast as possible down to the sewer. So, those can cause a lot of buildup in those areas. Got it. Okay. Let's look at this next picture. Disconnects. This looks pretty obvious, right? The pipe has shifted and you've got one area of the pipe that's no longer married up properly with the second pipe. It's facing dirt, which is obviously going to yes. limit your limit your flow. That to me is a bigger problem. In this case, 
the fern is basically failed right and it's and you're going to have major this is the rotor rooter is not going to work on this because the pipe oh, is no. upset you got to dig this up you got to fix the pipe yeah it's definitely not going to uh, it's definitely not going to get fixed just by setting there um with uh with this and if i'm not mistaken let me look at it yep it doesn't even look like there's a Fernco on it. It looks like, right. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a gra- uh, a really big ground shift had happened and pushed that soil down along with that pipe down even farther. And actually, when I saw this, I was pretty surprised that the clay tile had not cracked at all. And I mean, the clay tile is a pretty resilient pipe, and but the structural integrity, you know, after a su- uh, after a severed sewer is pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty good. Okay, well, I'm going to show you the other image here just because people want to know pricing because people think this is going to cost me $10,000, right? No, I mean, in general, this no, your guy's service is worth of weight in gold because it could save me from buying a system with six figures of sewer problems. Or like in that case, the shifted pipe, if I've got five or six, seven of those, I, I got a pretty reasonable retrade with the seller that, look, your sewer's failed. You, you had to know this. You got to have major clogs all the time. Um, I can then perhaps go back and get a price concession. But so basically this is your, this is your pricing on this sheet. It's what 200 bucks for the first clean out. And then yep. you charge per additional one. So sometimes I'll be with you and you'll say, look, I, I don't need to get two of them in a row because they're 20 feet apart. I've already gone 21 exactly. feet on hole one. So you guys are not looking, you're not like lawyers looking to just pad your bill every chance you get. Right. You're just, Oh no. Yeah. We we want to we want to give you the most information that we can possible out of us going out and doing a sewer, a sewer survey. So and for the best price point as well. Uh, yeah, and you know, so our we also uh, our prices. Yes, they are they're pretty much concrete and everything. But you know, we do everything on a case by case basis. Also, there is another uh, factor in that if we do go down a clean out and we're not a, uh, able to access anything in that uh, clean out for a viable video that I would have you pay for it. We do charge an inaccessible uh, line fee, but that you will also get a picture with that notated along where that clean out is, you know, uh, and uh, you'll have that information ready to give to a plumber to say, Hey, I need this line cleaned out. Right. So for people who are listening only on this, you know, all in, I mean, if, if 200 bucks for the first one, if he does 10 of them, you got another 750. So you're at 950 bucks. If he's got to travel a little bit, you're going to have a few, a few hundred dollars. And if he um, got to spend the night, a couple hundred bucks. So all in, we're talking anywhere from 800 to 2000 bucks, typically around 1200 to 1500. And you get mm-hmm. yourself a, a full assessment of the sewer situation. You know, you can get yourself uh, detailed notes per, per port, video photo so i advocate doing this on every single property I've, there's been a couple times where i haven't because i've i've verified myself that i have all new sewer like oh yeah i was, told, I was told on one property it was two years old water and sewer and it looked like it coming out of the ground there was you know pvc and there were pex lines but being the skeptic that i am i, I dug one of them up at random and dug down four feet and said mm-hmm. okay because I was like, maybe they just put the, I was pretty paranoid. Maybe they just put this port uh, in sticking out of the ground, but it's not the main line. And I found the main line. It was the same material. So they had spent uh, almost a million dollars on infrastructure. It was a hundred pad park. So awesome. I was, I was, don't trust and verify. So I, I, I did verify. So in that case, I didn't hire you guys, but um, oh, absolutely. I got my exercise in 
everybody listening to this knows I didn't actually dig that hole, but I, I'm going to pretend that, <laughs> that I was the one that Roberto and I dug it. I helped. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right, Jamie, this is good stuff. What other, what other tips or tricks or horror stories do you want to share with our audience before we go? Well, there is a good trick. Uh, if you want to know, uh, say if you have a manhole outside of your home and you want to know if your sewer is connected to it or not, there is a pretty good way to find out. Uh, I call it the plumber's trick, and sometimes I do it to save uh, people money on because uh, I will go and do a home inspection, and they'll ask me, hey, can you locate the sewer for me? Well, it's that manhole out there. Well, how can you tell? Well, I'll show you how. You take a pipe wrench, you go out to the manhole, and you know you make uh, make sure somebody's listening into you know the open clean out on the inside of the home, and you hit that uh, manhole about a good three times. The sound will reverberate from there and go into the home, and you can tell it's a connected pipe. I see you do that. Good stuff. Yeah, and then that, that also <laughs> tells you. I know we looked at a park here in Kansas City together where mm-hmm. some of the some of the supply lines had been uh replaced but we didn't know and in the next case i actually got a homecoming there next week the the old line still worked the guy just didn't unclog it properly so he added a plastic line but the old line went straight to the manhole cover like 25 feet away and Uh you camered it and it goes all the way in you can see your camera drop off at the end of the video and end up in the manhole cover so it's like well it's why would i don't know why they put in a supply line but i'm not going to use it i'm going to use the original that that i know goes into the right there into the manhole cover so that, that's definitely a good trick. Another trick I I like to do is I'll pull off the manhole covers and I mark them on my, if I get an Alta survey with the table A, they're already kind of marked by the surveyor. But if I got to mark my own site map, when I just get a base Alta survey, they won't have the manhole covers. I can draw on there which direction the main lines are. So I recently oh, was on absolutely. site and my, my manager couldn't figure out this with one big clog, couldn't figure it out. I said, just bypass that port and just replumb it to the next one because I know where it goes in and I know the depth of where it is. Cause, because I looked under the manhole cover two, three years ago and I remember which direction is going. And that tells you kind of the flow and slope of your lines and, and some of that, that uh, you know, can help you in certain instances as well. Well, and you can also usually cite your manholes. So if you find one manhole uh, on the other side of the park and you, you are standing on one manhole, you can usually just, uh, have your arms sticking out and figure out exactly which way it's going and just, you know, you can tell which way that line is going. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other, uh, any other guidance before we jump? Uh, I would, de- you know, definitely just, uh, you know, before you go in and buy also, uh, one of the things I found when I, I've do- been doing the sewer surveys myself is going around and, talking to people within the community that are actually living there. A lot of times they will tell you and point out problems that you didn't even know was there. Uh, so I do, uh, I do do that a lot. And, you know, I'll, if I see somebody out, uh, out and just hanging around, they want to talk to me, I'll talk to them and, you know, figure out what's going on. No, that's, that's a great general tip too. So due diligence, oh, yeah. just ask people what's going on. Yeah. They'll tell you. And, and sometimes they're, they embellish, but sometimes they're like, no, there's the sewer well, clogs yeah. over there all the yeah. time. Okay, great. Uh-huh. And they, they point off, point out issues. And that's why a lot of times sellers don't want you to be on site for due diligence, or they don't want to be, you'll be on site unattended because they're afraid people are going to you know spill the beans on whatever the horror stories are. Well, and I think I did one for you in, uh, in Illinois. And I was, I was going through a lot of the clean outs 
and one of the uh, one of the residents came up to me and was talking to me and was like, well, th- this uh, trailer over here was backing up. It's like, OK. So I went over there and it was an empty lot that uh, the previous tenant had moved off of there. And I went down through his line. I could I didn't see anything going down through that line. But when I went to another line that was uh, I'm going to say about two trailers down because I wasn't able to quite get all the way through there. I found the clog where that was actually causing his trailer to back up. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, if you don't immediately find, you know, the problem and there is an obvious problem, definitely keep looking because, you know, that, that problem could be just around the next bend of the pipe. No, good point. I know we just had that on that property here in Kansas city where it was the neighboring property had the obstruction that was causing us problems. Exactly. So city, and that, city was city was all over us. And we're like, we can't even do it. It's on their property. Make them do it. Yeah. And you know, with that, and, uh, with a line going through like that, that looked like a city connection to me. So going, uh, going down through that. And if it's going on to a neighboring property, is that a, uh, a sewer line that's going straight through that the city had put in there to go to that manhole? Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's always hard to tell. And this is, this is one of those things where we hire guys like you is hire the pros to, de- to do, to do this stuff because it's hard to tell. It's hard to ascertain and the expense, the equipment you have is expensive and you got to know how to use it. So we want to let you use it and put you guys to work and you're doing good work for us. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you website or email or phone number? Uh, well, our phone number is uh, 816-833-1090 and uh, home, uh, home, homestead-inspection.com. Homestead and both those uh, ways will actually get you access to us. Uh, whenever I do a sewer survey, uh, we do them by quote by quote basis. So, uh, you know, the, the, those three numbers of the uh, graphic that you had earlier, those three numbers on the first top, those I can give you a definite price on. Everything else, uh, unless you have, you know, what, uh, what, man, uh, what manholes need to be done, what cleanouts need to be done, I can't give you an exact price until we actually go out and do all the work and then uh, have it all ready to present to you. So uh, on, I can usually give quotes, uh, you know, baseline quotes, but going after that with the, the additional fees and everything, it's, uh, it doesn't come out until we're pretty much done. Fair enough. Well, you guys have always been fair, so we appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. No problem at all. And uh, anytime you, uh, anytime somebody wants to do a sewer, sewer survey, we do have a uh, sewer survey prices and guidelines, and that pretty much explains everything on what our services are, what to expect, uh, you know, what deposits that they're going to be, and uh, what all uh, what all the services are detailed. Uh, are, what all the services are in detail for you. And it, br- it pretty much gives you the price breakdown and everything else like that. All right. Well, sounds good, Jamie. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank, you for, thank you. Thank you for having us on, Bird. You're welcome. Bye now. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening.
Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.